Hello, Rich Bowlers here, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Dad Mindset Show. I hope you're well this week. It's been a bit of a roller coaster for us over the past few weeks. We've had a medley of full family flu, which then dovetailed straight into full family COVID. To say that the pace of things has been taken down a notch is quite an understatement. Anyway, I have no idea how single parents manage, and I fully take my hat off to any of you out there in that situation. Now, The one plus of being essentially in lockdown with the family for the past few weeks has been to dive back into board games, and I wanted to share with you the best of what we've found. This episode is going to be a a bit shorter than usual, but I hope you find it useful. Now, during one of the many Victorian lockdowns in response to the pandemic, one of the former podcast guests, Aaron Lutus, put me onto a game that I'd never heard of before called Azul. Having grown up with pretty much the only thing being Monopoly and Cluedo, I was anticipating those were going to be the things that, as a family, we'd go for for entertainment at the dinner table. However, Azul was completely different, yet completely delightful. I'll get into why in a short while. Anyway, after speaking with Aaron, I proceeded to call my local game shop, and one of the members of staff there did an absolutely amazing job of taking me through a host of board games, their relative merits and shortfalls, and making me realise that games have come a really, really long way since Monopoly. I settled on buying two games, Ticket to Ride and Azul. We've also since gone into Settlers of Catan, as well as Pandemic, and surprisingly enough, gone back to a classic from my childhood, Cluedo, just with a Harry Potter spin. If some of these board games sound completely bemusing to you, don't worry, they did to me at first. However, if you're still in the mindset of Monopoly as being your go-to family game, I highly recommend you take a look at these newer games to help you maybe reframe where games are at today. I'm sure the kids will love you for it as well. So, here are the top five games in our household at the moment. Number one, Ticket to Ride. Number two, Azul. Number three, Settlers of Catan. Number four, Pandemic. And last but not least, Harry Potter Cluedo. Now, keeping in mind that our kids are 12, 10 and 7, I've really tried to cover the best games for all the family. The one exception here is Pandemic. It's listed as 8 years old and above, and I reckon it might be closer to being for 10-year-olds and above. Or maybe that's just my mental age speaking volumes there. So um, anyway, what's so good about these games then? So Ticket to Ride is a railway-themed board game where players collect train cards to claim routes between major cities on a map of America. There are also other regional versions like Ticket to Ride London, Europe, etc. Now, it might sound like this is a bit of a game for train spotters, but I assure you it's not. Well, actually, it might be a little bit. The overall objective of the game is to score the highest amount of points. Each turn you pick up train cards or claim routes between cities with the cards that you already have. You can then score more points by linking up a bunch of cities to form a route. And and there is also a bonus for the longest route at the end of the game as well. At its simplest level, it's pretty straightforward and can be enjoyed by much younger family members. You can, however, take it to another level and start sabotaging other players' attempts to complete their routes, which gets quite fun and heated. Anyway, this has been a favourite of my eldest and has also been a favourite with my youngest as well. Personally, I'd give it 7 out of 10. However, due to the frequency with which my eldest 
12 years old and youngest, seven years old, request it, as well as it being a hot favourite of grandma, uh, <clears throat> years old, I think it deserves more of like a 9 out of 10. Next up is Azul. Now this might sound and look totally exotic, and I guess it is. Essentially it's an abstract strategy board game, designed in 2017. It's based on Portuguese tiles called, now I'm going to completely butcher this word, Azulios. So in Azul, players collect sets of similarly coloured tiles which they place on their player board. Then when they've got a row filled, one of the tiles can be moved into a square pattern on the right-hand side of the player, their own player board, where it earns points, depending on where it's placed in relation to other tiles on the board. The thing I like most about this game, and I have to say it's probably my current favourite, is that you don't have to think in words. All you're trying to do is create patterns of beautiful tiles in order to score points. I find it's quite relaxing and, and strangely gratifying. Scores can build up quickly towards the end as well, so there can be quite a quick reversal of fortune, which always keeps you on your toes. So overall, I give this 8.5 out of 10. Number three comes in with Catan, or Settlers of Catan, as it was previously known. Catan is a multiplayer board game that's become really popular in schools, I've noticed, but it was developed in Germany in 1995. In it, you take on the role of settlers, trying to build and develop settlements and roads on an island that is made up of different terrain types, while trading and acquiring resources. The different natural resources, wool, lumber, grain, ore and brick, can be used to build your settlements or traded with other players. And there's a lot of sort of banter that, that goes in with that. The, the trading is a really big part of the game. You can also gain victory points as your settlements grow. And the first person to reach a set number of victory points, typically 10, wins. Uh, this game is one of the very first German-style board games to achieve popularity outside of Europe. There's over 32 million copies been sold as of 2020, and it's been translated into like 40 languages. So it's definitely on the up and up. The first time I heard of this game, it was a colleague who, with his friend, spent countless hours using deliberate practice techniques to hone their ability to play this game in an effort to win the Australian Championships and earn tickets to the Catan World Championships in Germany. Yep, that's also a thing. And I totally get it now. Although I can't imagine where I'd manage to find six hours a day to train for something like that. Needless to say... It's a game that can get very competitive and can also be evolved with expansion packs to keep things fresh. So overall, I'd give Catan 8 out of 10. Pandemic is up next and is completely different to the others in that it is a, co a cooperative board game in that you're all working together as different members of a disease fighting team traveling the world to eliminate four types of disease during a global pandemic. I have to admit... I didn't quite have the stomach to buy this game during the height of the actual pandemic. I think I was opting for a bit of escapism at the time. However, we've since got into it and really love it. You each play a different role, such as medic or researcher to operations expert or quarantine specialist. And each role has individual strengths which the whole team can draw on to treat infectious outbreaks and develop cures. I have to say that this game has probably the highest barrier to entry from a getting your head around it perspective. But once you get into it, you can keep amping up the difficulty. And I have to say, it's a totally different dynamic working as a team towards a shared objective. 
especially like working with the kids as peers, which is really refreshing. (laughs) And also, especially since we're all so highly attuned to pandemics these days. We've loved playing this over the last few weeks and, and I love the collaborative nature of it. I'd give it an eight and a half out of 10 if it was a little bit easier to get into. So it gets relegated to a seven and a half out of 10, but definitely worth giving it a go. Lastly, we got given the Harry Potter version of Cluedo. And whilst I was a bit sceptical, it is pretty good fun. If your kids are remotely interested in Harry Potter, it is a fun game to play with clever adaptions to the original Cluedo game, such as using the flu network instead of hidden staircases. And it's got additional twists thrown in by means of new rotating discs under the board, which can close off or open doors, etc. So it really does add um, new elements to it. And it definitely has a fresh feel. So overall, I'd give it 7 out of 10 because... Annie has wanted to play this loads recently. So, there you have it. Ticket to Ride, Azul, Settlers of Catan, Pandemic, and Harry Potter Cluedo, in that order. Now, I'll put links to all these games on the website, thedadmindset.com, and I'd love to hear any games that your family are fond of, as this small selection has really opened my eyes to the great new games that are available these days. So if you have any suggestions, just send me an email at rich at thedadmindset.com and I'll give a shout out the first five that come through. As I mentioned at the beginning, this episode was going to be short on length but long on utility and I hope it delivers on that. Before I go, I'd like to mention something else that I've been using that has worked really well for us and maybe will for you, if you're based in Australia anyway. For ages, we've been trying to do the money jars for pocket money. One jar for spend, one jar for give, one for save. But with three kids, it's been a lot of jars. And quite frankly, it's a pain to keep going to get coins from the store as we use debit cards for almost everything here. What would generally happen as well is is that we'd be out and about and the kids would want to buy something, but they hadn't brought their, their spend jar cash with them. So we'd lend them money and then forget to chase them up for it. And the banks really haven't caught up with the times yet over here offering debit cards for kids. So everything had to go through our debit cards for online purchasing or buying stuff when they're out and about. And what we found was Spriggy. Now, Spriggy is an app linked to prepaid debit cards for your kids that you can add funds to for pocket money and that they can use independently. It isn't a bank. You open an account for each child, which costs $30 a year. Then you set up regular transfers of funds to your parent account, which you manage through the app. You can set up automatic transfers to each child's card at a predetermined time. You can then check on their balances at any time and they can learn to start managing their pocket money in a way that aligns more with how the world works at the moment. If you'd like to give it a go, Spriggy have said that until the end of July, they will give a $20 discount to you if you use the code or click the link in this week's show notes on thedadmindset.com. Now, in full transparency, I'll also get a kickback, which will go towards the cost of running the podcast. I wouldn't recommend anything that I don't use myself. So if you're trying to figure out how to manage pocket money better in an ever-changing world, check it out. Anyway, that's all from me for now. I hope you have a great week. And as ever, enjoy your caffeinated beverage. (laughs) 